I'm Nick Filardi. I'm Jason Thielbar. Welcome to the world's second finest podcast. Should we uh, hit the two read pop? Yeah. Yeah. But thinking about like how to introduce this because it's like a separate show now. But I honestly, I don't know how to. Jason and I read comic books and now we're going to talk to you about them. <laughs> In case you don't know, like that's what this show is. I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll come. We'll come up with the theme song later. This is the to read pile where we talk about anything else that we're reading or enjoying uh, movies, uh, television, books, comic books, whatever, what have you. Jason, what was on your to read pile this time? And we had a hiatus. We did. So I, I assume that you read like a motherfucker. I didn't, I didn't read as much as I thought I would, but I did have, I, I did have one uh, that I'd been wanting to bring anyway uh, yeah. that I read a, a, a few weeks back. That I, I actually, I, I really ended up liking. I didn't know what to think about it at first, but I freaking loved it as soon as I finished it. Uh, but it's uh, Proxima Centauri oh. by, uh, by Farrell. Uh, I'm never sure how to, properly pronounced this person's His last, last name. name yeah daryl i I'm, I'm i'm very sorry to you uh, <laughs> you, you good person who i've just so uh enjoyed their art anyway just yeah. the art at all like like the art to me is like his art to me has always been like if you if you took the kid in high school who's a pretty good artist but only draws on uh notebook paper and on desks and then if you like in a particle accelerator smash that kid together with like another kid who already like went through like the sort of grueling training that you get in art school yeah you know and that's yeah. kind of like what you that's get that's pretty you good a pretty good explanation of of his work. He's he yeah. hasn't done a ton of comics over the years. Like I see his art pretty consistently, but I think I've read one comic book like 20 years ago by him. Yeah, I don't think he does like a lot in it doesn't seem he from the looks of it anyway from his output it doesn't seem like he has much of an interest maybe in like I don't know, trying to get more mainstream books or something. Oh, I don't like, think I'm he sure. has any interest in that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like I'm sure he maybe he's probably had offers here and there, but like, you know, he just seems kind of content to do his own thing. And uh, Proxima Centuri is, uh, well, I'll, I'll read, I'll read the synapse off the back cover. Uh, Hit me. Teenage wizard adventurer Sherwood Breadcoat is trapped on Proxima Centuri, a manufactured dimensional sphere 4.243 light years from Earth. As he searches for a way home, Sherwood must also deal with his confusing emotions, alien creatures, and all sorts of fantastic dangers in this psychedelic science fantasy action comic book drama. And that's, that's, that's sort of like describes it. It's, it's very, uh, it's very psychedelic. Um, it was kind of confusing at first. Um, just, and and I knew it was going to be, and like you kind of get that right away. That this is this is going to be a little disorienting and 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 psychedelic. And I wasn't sure how I felt about like 
what the story itself was actually trying to say. Like, I didn't know if it was just going to be kind of one of those, which I do enjoy, but just kind of one of those sort of meditations on things. Some of those like psychedelic things that just sort of like are just supposed to be surreal and just kind of out there and not like that coherent, but it is coherent. It is still very weird. But to me, the, the main character is just very, uh, he's very openly like brash and like young teenager. And, oh and, yeah. And is, um, but the people reacting to him are like, well, no, you're acting childish. And then the way he reacts is very childish. He just gets angry and like, you know, sure. Double stem. Oh yeah. Over it. And like, I just really, um, I just really responded to that, you know, and I really responded to the, to, to just being like so small, you know? Yeah. But, but sure. also being just, just like a teenager, you know, just being like, yeah, well, I, I know I'm kind of small and stuff's still really confusing to me, but I'm not like a kid. Stop treating me like a kid, but then you can't stop acting like a kid. Right. You're you know? caught in that like gray area between child and adult. Yeah. 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 And it's just, um, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's just really beautiful. Uh, again, like the art, the artwork itself, just that alone can, uh, can get you through the book. Um, yeah, I, I met him at a, a con a while back and bought a print from him. Should get that print framed. It's still in the closet. Uh-huh. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I've loved his art for a long time. I didn't know that he, put out this like like it looks like 400 500 pages like it looks like a chunker uh no it's not it's not that long actually it's about, yeah maybe maybe a little less uh than that uh yeah. but yeah it's pretty it's pretty um it's pretty big but there's a lot of uh set pieces there's a lot of like yeah yeah well like you know like that's how does i mean like that's kind of how he draws like big big set pieces and psychedelic stuff but it's also like i mean like i haven't i haven't read this book so i i might be putting words in your mouth a little bit but he kind of draws in a way that's like psychedelic but like grounded like it never feels it never feels like i'm tripping out man like it never it doesn't go it lacks something and I think that absence of that psychedelicness in like color and, yeah. and uh, makes it more grounded and makes it kind of like very interesting art. Yeah. Well, he, he has a style too. another, another way that I would like sort of describe his, his artistic style is that, and I know this is kind of like a common uh, complaint of a lot of artists that I've heard and that I feel the same way about my art is that sometimes when you make like, like right out the gate, when you just make like a, a, a really good sketch, just like mm-hmm. you're like, oh shit, I might actually be good at this kind of sketch, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, all right, cool. I'll get some like inks over this or maybe add this. And like, and then you do and you finish it and you look at it. And then if you just trace it or whatever, and you look at the original sketch, like all the energy is gone from it. And you're like, sure. You're like, how do I get, the energy from this great sketch tightened up, but without killing the energy, you know? Yeah. And it's so hard to achieve. And he just seems to, that that's the, that's what it seems like. There's always this like nice kind of like buzzing, like 
motion and fluidity to yeah to to all his characters even the character that just has a literal giant dog monster head awesome you know i'm in like, i'm in yeah yeah oh this yeah. sounds it's, like it sounds like something i i do want to read yeah yeah i think you dig it yeah uh proxima centuri uh it was published by image this book uh, was published in uh 2019 okay so, so not that know. old yeah not that Man, old. i wonder if so there was i don't know if you know this jason but there was uh, a pandemic that happened oh, um no shit yeah i feel like because of that it like tanked a lot of books that were coming out like i andy mcdonald and i did a book called rogue planet which is like a sci-fi horror thing yeah, yeah um, i remember Colin Bunn wrote it uh I love that book. No one has read it. And the reason is, is it because it came out like right as the pandemic was ramping up and no one went to comic shops and like some things were open and some things were not. And I feel like it just got lost in the shuffle. Yeah. And I wonder promote if, it at cons and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I wonder if this book is the same way because I had never I heard of this and, and this artist is on my radar. So I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. wild. Yeah, well, because he, I think he has like a following outside of comics too. I think that might be yeah, what, for like, sure. I think he has a fine art following. Yeah, kind kind of like when like kind of like when James Jean like stopped doing uh, covers for Fables. And right, people were like, right. What What's he gonna do? I'm like, he's gonna sell paintings in galleries for like a hundred thousand dollars a pop and like work with right. like Dolce be- and Gabbana. Like he's gonna be fine. What he's going to do is be far more successful than he ever was in comic books. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even as an A-lister. You know? Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, so what, Jason, what have you been hoovering up with your, with your eyes? I got, I got a new segment. I, I think I'm going to call it the internal audit. Uh, Jason, I'm auditing you. Oh, I, I thought about I thought about like maybe doing some character work and then becoming like the scrutinizer like that would be my character this would be like the scrutinizer's reckoning but then I was like then I have to commit to that character Jason I don't know I don't I, it's podcasting but I'm like I don't, I don't know how to become the scrutinizer well you could have just like like you and me and maybe like well, maybe the people who do listen to this would have gotten it, but like you could have like, I mean, they wouldn't have seen this, but you could have just pulled a black ski mask over your head and said, I'm the scrutinizer. <laughs> you the know? scrutinizer. Anyway, this is an audit, Jason. You're being audited. Ah, all right, all right, all right. I read, I hate this place or fuck this place. Fuck yeah. It was a, a book that you brought to the two read. Yeah, um, I did. By Kyle Starks. Uh, Atrom Toplin and uh, Lee Lowridge. Um, I loved it. It was right up my alley. Yeah, you sold it so well. Um, it was. Uh, I I won't get into it because because you know we've talked about it already. But just real briefly, um, is about two women who are in a relationship who inherit this farm, and the farm fucking sucks. They hate this place. Like <laughs> it is surrounded by like ghosts and creatures in the woods and a weird man with horns and there's aliens and there's like, it sounds like it's too much, but it's not Kyle Starks navigates it so well. 
He yeah. injects humor in it where there should be humor. I loved it. I loved it. Lee Laridge uh, colored the hell out of it. It's all like, like neon-y and like it feels otherworldly when you read it. Um, yeah, I it, just real great. It made me jealous that I was not coloring it because the art is fantastic. The book is fantastic. Everyone should pick up. I hate this place. Um, yeah. I think Image put it out. Yeah, yeah Image yeah. put it out. I'm thinking about adding it to my pull list. To be completely honest, I was like, maybe I'll maybe I'll start getting issues and uh, get an actual box going at my shop. I yeah, don't know. we'll see. Oh, yeah, maybe is it yeah. supposed to be uh, coming out again? Because maybe maybe I'll start doing that. I haven't had a well. This is this is volume months. one, and it ends in like kind of a not necessarily like a cliffhanger, but like so. There's an element where this gangster has this money. And he's trying to get this money. So he's working on the farm, but he really wants to go in the woods to like find this money that, that he lost in this bank robbery. And uh, you don't go in the fucking woods. There's, no. there's stuff in there that will mess you up. And so like that stuff doesn't entirely get resolved. Like he, he's, I don't want to spoil anything, but like, yeah, things happen, but it's not entirely resolved. And then, uh, there's some other like kind of breadcrumbs at the end of the issue. So I think that it's a solid arc. Um, if you wanted to read just like one and done, you could, but there, I think there should be more. I don't know. I don't I, know for sure. I, I haven't so. talked to Kyle or anything. I don't have any inside info, but man, I'd read more. Oh yeah. Well, I hope, I really hope the book did well and like does better because like, holy crap, does it deserve to? Yeah. Yeah. yeah for like, sure. For sure. And um, yeah. Really, really great. Uh, I also read over the break Danger and Other Unknown Risks. This is a new book by Ryan North and Erica Henderson. Ryan has been mentioned on the two read before. Yep. For Slaughterhouse Five. You brought yep. that. Yeah. And, and I've read The Mystery of the Meanest Teacher, a Johnny Constantine story about a very young John Constantine who wears a t-shirt through it that says heck blazer. And I want a t-shirt that says heck blazer so bad. <laughs> I, I want this book. I've never, I hadn't, I hadn't heard. This have you book. not, have you not read? It's, no. it's like a, a DC kind of got into doing some YA kind of stuff. And yeah. this was one of a handful of books. I read a good chunk of them. Actually there, they did a Batgirl one that was very fun. Um, there was a Cassandra Kane Batgirl. That's why I picked it up. They did this one. And they did, um, I read another one. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but uh, I enjoyed them all. I mean, it's, it's young, it's young adult stuff. So yeah. It's, yeah. it's served up like that. And Danger and Other Unknown Risks is that as well. Um, Erica has been on the two read when we, uh, I think, I think she has, because I talked about Dracula, motherfucker. And how yeah. great of a book that was! Yeah, I couldn't remember if it was you or me who brought who brought that to the two read, but I, yeah, but Dracula Motherfucker is a great book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I bought it on, uh, well, and I, I noticed the title, and then I noticed the artist. I was like, oh, I met her once. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I'll pick this up. Well, because she also drew uh, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, right? Yes, also written by Ryan North, who yeah, wrote yeah. Danger and Other Unknown Risks. Yeah. So, Ryan, and Ryan North, I think, didn't Ryan North start Dinosaur Comics? 
Was that him or just yes. Ryan Northright? Yes, that uh, is him. Yeah. That is him. Yes. L- longtime fan of dinosaur comics. Yes. Yes. Uh, outside of the two read pile, I also read and enjoyed Assassination Nation or Assassin Nation. There's Assassination Nation, which is or just Assassination. I can't remember. There's a movie with an extremely similar title that came out at the same time as this book. Yeah. Anyway, really enjoyed that. That is drawn by Erica and written by Kyle Starks. So we're in like we're in like a tight wheelhouse in my to read here of like a handful of people whose work that I just really, really like Ryan yeah. North, Erica Henderson and Kyle Starks. So this is the this is the space we're in, Jason. I mean, honestly, those those three names right there are honest to God, like I see those on a book. I'm like, yeah, I'll pick it up and give it a shot. Exactly. Like that. That's always an automatic for me. Like, yeah. All right. So I mean, Erica worked on Dracula motherfucker and it's not for kids. No (laughs) danger. And other unknown risks is very YA. Um, It is about a girl and a talking dog who uh, are in our world. There's been an apocalypse. So basically one day, everything electronic stopped working. Mm-hmm. anything electric like let, down to your common regular light bulb um but magic entered the world and magic across the united states and across the world it's kind of like um different different slices of magic across the world so like different bands of the united states will have different kinds of magics in them and like the same spell will do one thing in one band of magic and another in another band of magic. They're like longitudinal bands. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is, is that it's about this girl and the dog, and they're trained to be the chosen one to get these totems together for their father to um, kind of like uh, get rid of all the evil magic. That's, that's what's going on. And that's like the primary driver for like the first hundred pages of this like 200 page book, 130 pages. And when I was reading it, I was kind of like, eh, you know, talking dog, YA, they're like, you know, meeting some characters, doing some spells, having some hijinks. I'm like, it's fine. But it wasn't like, it didn't rise to the level of like all the other stuff that I've read by them, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then at 130 pages, there's like a plot twist that happens that made me totally fall in love with this book. Like really really enjoyed where it went and like I Jason, I don't know if you know this. In addition to the pandemic happening, there's also um stories can have a literal meaning and a figurative meaning as well. That that's also a thing that can happen. <laughs> Huh. <laughs> uh, you sit, sit with that for a minute. I yeah. Guess. I'm gonna, so I'm, I'm dancing around in the next in the next podcast about that. I'm, gonna, <laughs> uh, I'm dancing around this thing in like a really weird way because I don't want to spoil the like hook of it. But I will say that as a 40 year old man who read this, I did get a lot out of it in the ending. Um there's a meditation on basically like 
the older generation, like even if something's like new and weird for them, like there's a there's an impulse for the older generation to want to go back to like mm. whatever they were comfortable with. And this book kind of spells out that like it's okay to like just kind of let that go and like give it to the younger generation, have them move forward with it, you know, like that. I, I think that's what I got out of it anyway, that Ooh. like there's this nice piece about like moving on in a sea of magic and antics and like, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, I really loved it. It was yeah. really great. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's uh, awesome. That, that's a great, that's a great message. That's a, um, uh, it reminds me of uh, uh, hearing, I, I forgot who had said it. It was just some from some dumb podcast that I listened to. And like they like brought up like this is years ago, but I'll, 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 this stuck with me. And it's just some comedian. And like they were talking about uh, mumble rap, you know? Yeah, sure. And um, and someone was like, oh, what do you hate mumble rap? And he's like, oh, no, no, I love it. And he's like, they're like, oh, you love it. Like, who, which ones are you people that you like? And he's like, oh, I don't listen to it. No, he's like, I don't think it's good. <laughs> and he's like, but they're like, he's like, but I, I, I love it. He's like, I love it because. And the guy was like older, I think around our age. He's like, I love it because it pisses off older people so much. And he's like, and his thing was, he's like, yeah, it's not for you. Right. Exactly. Like, it's not like, of course you don't get it. It's not for you. Like it's, yeah. it's for yeah. these other people. And like, and I'm like, oh shit. And so like, anytime I start to see some sort of like youth trend or something that like, I just don't get like, or understand at all, like. A lot of youth sure. trends are just like the same shit in different clothing, but like, you know, I just, I, I just remember that. I'm just like, well, it's not for me though. Like I'm not like yeah. in my early twenties, yeah. like, of course this sure. isn't going to see like, you know, and I think that this book also does, uh, speaking of one of the things that it does well is like, I'm a 40 year old man. And I, when I read it, that perspective of being a 40 year old man made me come away with this idea of like, it's okay to let some stuff go to the younger generation. Yeah. But like, I think if you were a kid and read this, you would come away being like, it's okay for me to forge my own path and go forward. You know, like you wouldn't, you're not thinking about like the older generation. You're thinking about like, yes, I'm going to be emboldened and I'm going to make my path. And like, I think both of those takeaways are both really great. Oh and, yeah. Uh yeah, just really great book. I actually I would I would hold it up to the screen and like cuz usually we're like, "Hey, I, I picked this up and like we'll yeah. show each other, you know, over the camera." But uh I actually read it and then gave it to my niece uh oh, for nice. her read when we were uh on on vacation. So, yeah. Uh, oh, that's that's even better. That's an even that's yeah, yeah. Best, best things being able best to things. pass comics especially to kids you know yeah. i'm like oh yeah hell yeah hell yeah oh yeah best, best things that, i actually just thought today because i just saw some random uh post that jeff smith made it was just of of like uh of, you know of bone it was just a picture he just posted a yeah you know and i was like oh man i should buy that book again because years ago uh my friend's daughter who kills me that she's 18 now but no, she's <laughs> 16. She's 16, but still that kills me that she's it just time, time passes, Jason, my God. But like yeah. I had given, I had given her some like books before. Cause she was just always in, into that 
stuff and into art. And like, you know, I talked yeah. to my friend, like her mom, I'd be like, you know, just to make sure I'm like, well, I do have a pile of books, but I'm like, I don't know what's appropriate because I was always reading inappropriate stuff. And, you know, sure. I don't want to like yeah. get in trouble with you. <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah, with yeah, yeah, friend. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I gave, I gave her bone and like a pile of like other things. Like I gave her the mm-hmm. complete collected bone. Um, and like, yeah, that's just, it's always the best thing to do with, with a book that you love is to give it away, I think. And like, For you're sure. right, especially, especially to a, a kid. Cause like, yeah, who, who knows? But also like, I think even if people don't end up, um, still comic book fans when they're older, uh, will still, you always remember those books when you're a kid that like sure, really yeah. affect you, yeah. you know? Like, and you know, I don't know if this book's gonna affect her or not, or or what. Like, she could be bored of it, trade it, sell it, whatever. I, you know, it's yeah, it's, it's in it's in her hands. But it was it was nice to be able to pass it off to her, especially yeah. in person. Like, I don't get to do that a lot because family lives far away. You know, that yeah, kind of thing. yeah. So well, I mean, it was, she, it was nice. Yeah, she'll probably remember her her uncle gave her this book. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, probably. I also uh, have an update for Sandman Mystery Theater. I think I brought that to the previous two read. Yeah. Um, so I've read now the second arc in it. I'm chipping away because it's a 36 issue compendium I got. It's like a phone book of Sandman Mystery Theater. Yeah, it ran and for some years. It ran for some years. And uh, it's also wordy as shit. So it is tough to read through. It Matt is. Wagner does love his words. So uh, I read the second arc and did not like it. <laughs> uh, I the only reason I'm like bringing it up is because I I you know I read and brought it up to the pod before. So I'm like, yo, we're gonna we're gonna ride it out. We're in we're in the mystery theater mode right now, Jason. Look around you. It's a mystery. Uh, not you don't have to literally look around you. Please okay. stop looking around you. All right. Uh, so uh i didn't really like it it's a um a murder mystery that happens in chinatown in the 30s and it is just rife with racism with basically no point to it it like it's like the 1930s were an extremely racist time to be alive yes we all know it but like this this book never elevates past the like surface of it. So it has a murder mystery going on and it's got a little bit of racism going on and then it never really like does anything with the racism. Like we never get behind the the scenes with another character uh, who's like just a regular person living their life who's like affected by this. So we 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 never see it like. I don't know, get humanized, if that makes any sense. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's like the um, it's like the very uh, salient complaint of uh, people when they see like they're like, oh, I want more uh, women characters and stories, and so you know, straight guys who still have a uh, near monopoly on writing most stories and most mediums are like, oh, well, I. I think women are strong and powerful. So I'm going to write a woman character who's perfect. And like, yeah. even like yeah. women are like, no, I want, I'm just, just right. I want people. Yeah. yeah. Just write 
people. Like, I think I heard someone once they had like reached out to um, people they knew who were transgender because they wanted to introduce some trans characters to their story, but like they wanted to be sensitive mm-hmm. about it. And so like they were asking for some advice, which is like, hey, you know, great, good job. Uh, and really most of the advice they got was like, just write them as a person. Like it, it doesn't, yeah. they're like, it just doesn't have to be th- about the, the yeah. thing, you, you know. A, a buddy of mine, a buddy of mine said that um, he, he had a, a roommate who was gay and he would read comics and he said that he was so sick of reading gay coming out stories in comics. He was like, I just want a gay character that's like doing cool stuff. Like, yeah. for God's sakes, just give me a give me an interesting story with a gay character. Yeah. Like, it doesn't need to be this like sappy drawn out thing like this is not all about like this isn't the entire gay experience it's like a rich like world full of interesting people like can't we just do that (laughs) yeah yeah exactly it's like it's like the same with like having to have like like i think that that's what like people like really latched onto with um i haven't seen the second one and probably won't, but like with like the first Black Panther movie, because like, you know, by all accounts, like it was just a pretty like standard meat and potatoes at this point, like superhero movie. But right. I, I think the reason why it was, it affected uh, people so much, especially obviously a lot of black people is because the characters in it were all complicated, you know, even right. like the, he- yeah, even totally. like the heroes and the villains were like, it's like, Oh, cool. Great. Like none of them are perfect. None of them are like, they all have these like journeys they get to go on and you get to tease out yourself, like their reasons and motivations, right, right. And, you know, feel em- empathy at different points, just like you do any other person, you know, yeah, it's like, right. They, and, and it is such pandering too. It's like, Oh, okay. Uh, I think, uh, to show that I'm a good guy, I'll write this character who's from like, a marginalized background as yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's like no I, it feels like it's not it was like i don't know maybe it was like the 90s and early 2000s and then it was it was novel just to just to have a character like this pop up so yeah. then people were getting praised just for for doing that and then yeah. you know you you turn around and it's like well okay how do we make this better? And I think it's just what we were talking about before on the, the bat pod about like you iterate and you iterate and like some things are clumsy at first. And then like when we were talking about a uh, Tumblr artist weaponizing uh, sexy comic books, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, like there's a one upsmanship that happens and it's like, you know, and I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to disparage like, you know, anyone's, coming out story as like it's bad comics or whatever but there's like a lot of comics out there like that already and so it's like how do you how do you make your unique like comic that's queer you know that kind of thing yeah Um, yeah Yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like how um and again i hadn't i I haven't seen it but like i think it was was spider-man homecoming the first one with uh the tom holland guy uh maybe (laughs) yeah but like apparently that was like the first Spider-Man movie where like they didn't go over his origin, 
you know? Oh yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. All right. Cause it's, it's like, like, how many times do you have to see uncle Ben die kind of thing? Yeah. It's like, we, we, we all know how we got here. You don't, you don't have yeah. to do that. You can just drop, you can just drop right in, you know, right, we don't need right. to like every, like, you know, twice a year remind you that like Batman saw his parents get murdered. Like we all, everybody knows <laughs> it's fine. Like if a character, if you want to write a gay, a gay character, they can just be gay and they can just yeah. say that like, yeah. oh yeah, I came out like whenever. Like, yeah. it doesn't, you don't have to make it like, uh, I mean, an here's event. the thing, here's the thing, you, you weave that story of him coming out into a larger narrative and have it pay off. I'm in, like, I'm in to read that for sure. So it's like, you have to do it in a way that's, that's interesting. Anyway, my point yeah. is with this, we went on a large tangent here. Oh, my yeah. point is with this, that Sandman Mystery Theater has this kind of like, casual it, it like acknowledges this casual racism in the 30s but it doesn't actually follow through in any meaningful way with any kind of like lesson or anything like there's no i don't know it just doesn't it it didn't click and uh a friend of mine said that sam and mystery theater and that arc specifically they were trying to like acknowledge and satirize uh comics from like the forties who had a lot of, um, yellow face, yeah, kind of like yeah. terrible stuff from that era. And yeah, so they're like, yeah. Oh, we have a unique opportunity. We're set in the thirties. We're going to, we're going to try to make this like feel like those old comics, even though they were like crass and, and, you know, terrible by our standards in content, you know? And I think that was maybe the goal. Like I would give Matt Wagner that that lead. I don't think that he's yeah. like trying to like revel in racism, you know. Oh, like no, I don't think. No. He, I think yeah. he was like trying. He was trying to do something in there, yes. and you could tell yeah. that he's trying to do something. It just didn't get pulled off very well. I also heard from the same friend that that is the worst story in the entire compendium. So right. I'm ready to read some more and get into some some better stuff. Also. Uh, Wesley Dodds, uh, the Sandman, has been resurrected and is back in the DCU timeline now. <laughs> just, just recently, just recently. So, uh, I'm stoked um, for it, man. I, I like some Sandman. All right, all right. He's kind of a he's like a worse Batman. He's got his got his little gas gun and he's investigating crimes, but he's not as good as Batman at it. But he's good enough. And, and that's enjoyable. I mean, I've, I've enjoyed him. Uh, I, I enjoyed the little arc that he was in, uh, in Starman. I'm still about, yeah. I don't know if I'm halfway through Starman or not. Actually, maybe I'll start reading that again tonight. Uh, but his, his arc in Starman is, is pretty great. I think. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's like a little like send off kind of. I, I got to read some Starman. It, it, it is very good. I, I still got, I still got to get the, uh, the physical, issues i'm just gonna buy the whole like every like omnibus of them yeah. until i have the complete complete series additionally so i i read a ton of stuff but i just wanted to mention uh delicious and dungeon number 12 came out oh, i have i have brought delicious and dungeon to the pod over and over and over again i don't need to rehash it it's fucking great if you like dungeon crawling and food this is right up your alley 12 
is very, very good, continues to be very good. I don't want to spoil anything because it's like way deep in the in the volumes, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I still I still really love it. Uh, I also just picked up uh, Dan to Dan Volume 4. Um, still fun, horny comic about spirits and aliens and a kid who lost his nards. Really great. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call it there. I, I really wanted to highlight Danger and Other Unknown Risks, but, you know, there's a lot of other stuff that we're i'm chipping away at and jason you're on notice the internal audit will continue just so you know (laughs) oh geez i don't even know what the audit's for i'm still confused i'm gonna be prepared next time i'm I'm trying to read the comics that you've recommended that's what's happening ah do you understand the mechanic now fuck i'm bad at this i I gotta this needs we gotta build a better bit like, <laughs> well, well, I thought I thought you I thought you were trying to quiz me. Like, I knew the component was like, oh, I, I, oh, I, oh, okay. Thought, no, I'm thought, not. I'm not quizzing you. I'm just okay. going over your record. That's oh, all. Okay. All right. All right. I am. I'm gonna actually just wrote delicious in dungeon in my other in another browser. To, oh to man, to you're gonna audit to, me. To, to, it's to, it's to a reverse back. double audit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you, you don't have to, I know we're still recording, you don't have to keep this in the show, but when you were talking about uh, how the stuff in Sandman Mystery Theater didn't age well, I, um, there's a method acting uh, collection on Criterion Channel, mm-hmm. and uh, I've been kind of, you know, going through it in different spots, you know, like Cool Hand Luke, I'm like, fuck yeah, I'll always watch Cool Hand Luke. I was watching, yeah. um, and I was like, oh, Five Easy Pieces, I love Jack Nicholson, and I've never seen Five Easy Pieces, and I've, you know, I've heard of it, you know, and I'm watching it. And I couldn't make it through the whole fucking thing. I stopped with only like a half hour left. Like I couldn't stand oh, really? it. I could not stand it. His character was so irredeemably awful. There was really nothing charming about him. And it was it, such. Was he awful because of our modern sensibilities or was he awful just because he was awful? He was awful just because he was awful. His character is supposed to be, uh, even for the time, kind of like a cad, I guess. But like, yeah. But he's also supposed to be like somewhat like, I don't know, some damaged like musical genius or I don't know. There's just some like not really like well uh, told like tension between him and his rich family that like lives in Washington state. But he like ran away from home to be like a roughneck blue collar guy, even though he grew up in this like fancy place. But all he does is want to like fuck women and all he does is just like manipulate them into sleeping with them and then like throws them away afterwards and like but again but there's no like there's i I just didn't find like number one it wasn't charming or funny the way like the character did it wasn't like i didn't see enough of some kind of like motivation of like why he would be doing that specifically and like to me it just seemed like this like early um uh, so when the Hayes Code was lifted was when, like, uh, American films in the 70s, that's why they sort of became uh, so ultra-violent and, like, over-sexualized because, like, yeah. so- suddenly they could pretty much do whatever they wanted. So, like, you know, young filmmakers were just like, boobs, guns, violence. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's, yeah. That's how you get, like, Bonnie and Clyde and Easy Rider sure. and, like, that kind of thing, right? And I think it was just, like, it was just so navel gazing, like, you know, they they did it because they could. And yeah, it hadn't and, been done before. Yeah. But it was like 
not necessarily something anybody was asking for kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm like watching it the whole time. I'm like, I'm like, what's, what's good about this? Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I just didn't, I just couldn't like, I'm like, Hey, maybe my, maybe it's modern sensibilities. I, I don't, I don't know, but a little, yeah. little hot take right there about five easy pieces. Uh, the hot take that no one's asked for and barely anyone remembers that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we're, we're like real in the, real in the weeds. Um, oh, man, man. there was, a uh, something, something that you reminded me of, but it is flown my brain because we are very late at night recording this at this point yeah i think we're both we're both hitting the wall we should probably Probably. call it yeah jason nick how can people get in touch with you they can contact me on the still somehow floating and not imploded yet Twitter machine. Oh my God. It is amazing that it is still up and running. It is. It is. Uh, at uh, King of Black Acid is my personal, uh, but also we tweet out at World Second Finest. That's World Second with the two, with the uh, updates on our episodes, little, little, you know, fun gags here and there. And if we take a hiatus, I posted it up there. I was like, we're going to be gone for a few weeks. Yeah. You know, so yeah. if you're ever like, where's the pod? Like you can find it there, like yeah. an explanation of whatever's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where can, where can people find you? They got, they got to get their, uh, elf eyes branded, uh, binoculars out. <laughs> elf eyes. Yes. They, Jason, see when you make a callback like that, and then I attach this exit to the second podcast that we're making, it doesn't work. It does, nobody knows what the elf eyes thing is. This is comic books. Just put a little uh, editor note <laughs> under my joke and tell and them be to like, see. Found in episode whatever, yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Jason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's simple. It's simple. There we go. There we go. We solved it. Uh, you can find <laughs> me at linktree.com slash Nickville. All, all the stuff is up there. Uh, I actually have have kind of reinvigorated myself to uh, doing some more art on the Twitch stream. I've basically been doing all Fire Emblem, but uh, I, I've been feeling like I want to do some more. Um, Delicious in Dungeon is getting an anime, and so I kind of wanted to see if I could jump on the hype train a little by coloring a page out of the out of Delicious in Dungeon Volume One, and uh, seeing how that turns out. Post it up uh, and do it on uh, Twitch. I also just recently pinged a handful of artists who I've never worked with, but always wanted to and see if they had any commissions or anything lying around that they wanted to get colored. Uh, We'll see what I get. I don't know. Just sent out a lot of open invitations. So we'll see what happens. No, cool. Cool. And the Twitch link is up on the link tree. The discord link is up on the link tree. Uh, Come hang out and uh, yeah. Talk comic time. Yeah. Yeah. Talk comic. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, everyone.